We are back. Now for today is a series of random fun facts and news items. A student in England was questioned by the police about him reading a book about terrorism in the school library because, bear with me here, he was enrolled in the school's anti-terrorism master's degree program. Man, I love that. Uh, Shell has also announced that they are no longer going to drill for oil in the Arctic because, uh, and I'm sure this will surprise absolutely no one, it turns out there just isn't that much oil up there. <laughs> Which I, I imagine has made a, quite a few environmental activists uh, very angry after all the time they spent campaigning against this for Shell to just decide to, you know, give up, give up the whole thing. It'd kind of be like if China just decided that, you know, they really weren't all that fond of mountains and uh, left to bet. Of course, the recent mass shooting in Colorado has spurned another round of ridiculous and insensitive comments from Republican presidential candidates about gun control from uh, Ben Carson, quote, I feel that Christianity is under attack in our society, unquote, and even better, I never saw a body with bullet holes that was more devastating than taking the right to arm ourselves away. Unquote. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's because he's never seen a body with real bullet holes, which tend to probably cause more damage than the metaphorical ones, but I'm not a doctor. What do I know? This week, Carson also called for training and arming kindergarten teachers, and he has criticized President Obama for planning to travel to Oregon to comfort the families of those who were killed, since he has apparently forgotten that Obama isn't running for the president again. Congressman McCarthy has admitted that the purpose of the Benghazi Commission was to discredit Hillary Clinton, uh, committing the immortal sin of saying what everyone else is thinking. And not to continue ragging on the Republicans... Actually, I do mean to continue bragging on the Republicans. But a paper published in the journal Politics and Policy by Sandre Batstrand at the University of Bergen in Norway compared the climate positions of conservative political parties around the world. And he discovered that the platforms and manifestos of the conservative parties from the U.S., the U.K., Norway, Sweden, Spain, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and Germany found that the U.S. Republican Party stands alone in its rejection of the need to tackle climate change. So yes, our conservatives are indeed at least slightly crazier than everyone else's. And this is totally unrelated to that stuff, but I'd like to thank cartoonist Berkeley Breathes for resurrecting his strip Bloom County after 20 or so years in the grave for the apparent sole purpose of making fun of Donald Trump. Yay! Now that, my friends, is dedication. Well, Graham, I have to confess to missing doing this show as we've been doing for the past 13 years, but I do want to say that I want to compliment you for the fine job you've been doing as the host of the Best of Radio Parallax. I certainly uh, feel that uh, we've got things in good hands. Oh, thanks a lot, Doug. We've, we've all been missing you, too. <laughs> I haven't. Yes, thank you, Mr. McMillan, and I'm glad to see you out on bail. Well, since we've got about five minutes left, Graham, why don't we do some of the old-style stuff that we were so fond of doing the past few years, like maybe obituaries? Is that, is that okay? Sure. All right, there's one guy that passed who I never knew about in life, but his death notice here in the Week magazine did kind of get me going. The man's name was Daniel Thompson, and the headline was, he was the inventor who made the bagel an American staple, and I have to say, I've got a problem with this story. <laughs> According to the obituary, Daniel Thompson's father, Meyer, a Los Angeles baker, made bagels the way they'd always been made, by hand. The dough was rolled and shaped into rings, then boiled and baked. 
Meyer dreamed of creating a machine that would speed up the laborious process, and young Daniel watched his dad tinker with one failed contraption after the other. According to the week, in the 50s, the son began his own experiments and soon created a machine that shaped dough into perfect circles. The invention, according to the obit, changed the American diet, ushering in the mass-produced bagels found in supermarkets nationwide. Well, that's true. Something isn't really American until it's being mass-produced and sold in supermarkets. <laughs> yes, indeed. But my problem is that what they're mass-producing and selling in supermarkets are not, in fact, bagels. They are bagel-shaped chunks of bread. The audacity! Now, I have to confess that although um, it is widely believed to the contrary, I, I am, in fact, not of Jewish extraction. Aww. Although I would add that several of our prominent Jewish regular contributors to Radio Parallax have taken issue with that statement and insisted that I am, in fact, a member of the tribe, and I, I'll just defer to their judgment on this. But I do know this. Going to San Francisco in my youth, we used to make regular pilgrimages over to David's, the wonderful Jewish delicatessen on Geary. We usually do that after a show at the Golden Gate Theater, etc., or going to uh, Union Square. And that's where I learned about bagels, the kind Daniel Thompson's father used to make. They're quite crunchy, they're delicious, they're chewy. I, I don't know how to describe bagels. I'm no poet, but, you know, they're just damn good. And these things they sell you in Safeway, I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, are phony baloney bagels. They don't, they don't put hair on your chest, do they? Not, they, not me, no. Oh. And I want to note that the, the weak obituary did address this issue. Evidently, after Daniel Thompson came up with this contraption, Murray Lender, the head of Lender's Bagels in New Haven, Connecticut, looked at the design and saw the future. With the help of his machine, Lender began churning out hundreds of bagels an hour, freezing and shipping them across the U.S. They note that bagels became almost as ubiquitous as Wonder Bread, and critics say, just as tasteless. And in fact, the sticky dough, normally used for bagels, gummed up the machine, so bakeries began using drier dough for fluffier bagels. Said food writer Matthew Goodman, it's kind of a tragic story. The bagel lost, both literally and metaphorically, it's Jewish flavor. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> All I do want to add one, one final uh, addendum was that back when I used to work in ERs, it turned out that nationwide, the number one source of cuts supposedly was people trying to deal with their frozen bagels. I don't know if it's true, but I believe it. And Graham, that's all I got. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming. That's about all we have time for. This has been a taste of the traditional radio parallax. I'd like to thank David Talbot for reading from his book and for you, dear listeners, for coming here every week. I'm Graham Smith. See you all next time. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with Chopping